0: In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in Three, two, one. 3, 2, 1.
1: Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my podcast partner in crime is the one, the only...
0: Travis Rats.
1: <laughs> Are you questioning your own last name? Maybe. It's, an, it's, a, it's a weird one. I'd question it, too. Uh, so <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in to the Comic Exposure Podcast. Uh, on the Comic Exposure Podcast, uh, we like to talk about graphic novels and trades. We uh, do, like, a comic book club every other week... Uh, this episode today is what we call a variant episode. We, we uh, have an interview on today's episode. We're going to talk a little bit about some stuff going on uh, in pop culture stuff. Uh, we're going to do a, a check-in to a previous show that we did before today. So you're, you're in for a little bit of comic nerd talk today, as I think, Travis, the agenda for us today is a little bit of Luke Cage talk, mm-hmm. a little a little Doctor Strange talk, mm-hmm we're going to check back into uh an earlier episode where we uh talked about some Kickstarter comics. Mhm
0: mhm mhm mhm.
1: Mm-hmm. And then we got to start off uh with something I'm sure that that you, you I mean like the comic community is bummed about, but I know that that like this artist and uh his, his like a series he worked on holds a special place for you. Uh Steve Dillon passed away. Um and so like wh- 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 like what did you read about it? I know the, the, the first thing you heard is
0: when I texted you about it. Yeah, it, it was. Um, and I wanted to talk about this last week, but we, we got caught up. We couldn't do a variant last week uh, while it was still fresh in my my head. But the, the, I found out when you texted me, and I think you found out pretty quickly after it hit social media. So I was in the loop pretty quick, I feel like. Uh, and then I went online, of course, and and tried to find as many details as I could uh, as what happened. Because uh, he wasn't an old guy, you know um and so and it it and it wasn't this isn't like an an artist uh who's who was past his prime i mean he was still doing some of his best work uh, up to date you know uh in comics, and I just remember sit- i remember like reading it, and I was like wow man i just i was bummed out one because you know as you said um preacher holds a special place in my heart and it's And, you know, Hellblazer, his run, basically the stuff he did with Garth Ennis, uh, it really influenced not just my love of comics, but just my love of writing and storytelling in general. And, um, you know, it's – it's not – one or the other. It's not a Garth Ennis book. It's not a Steve Dillon book. It's it really is just this perfect amalgam of the of these two, the writer yeah. and the artist. Yeah. And I, Steve Dillon, for me, has just always been someone who came out of that whole uh, British Irish, you know, um, invasion of comics that happened in the eighties with After Alan Moore and Swamp Thing. And in the 90s, when I was all about big tits, big guns, big pockets, uh, and reading (laughs) X-Men and X-Force and anything with an X in it, uh, this book comes along, Preacher, and uh, the the art is just like anything else that's being done in the 90s that I'm reading – uh, and it really opened up my world to the medium of comics, being like, "Wow, this art is so simple yet so much more expressive than what I'm seeing in Marvel and DC right now." Um, yeah, and it just from I'm a, you're you're the podcast artist, and I like to consider myself a, a writer, uh, even a bad one, and I always like the um, the fact that Steve Dillon's art really just allowed allows for whatever writing whoever the writer is to just come to the forefront it doesn't intrude in it it doesn't it doesn't um um distract you from the story uh his his art is so simple and so expressive it's really uh the art that's made for great storytellers to to paint their story on yeah
1: and he he was he was in the middle of doing a new punisher run um so he's he's been drawn Punisher right now too, and so he went back to working on Punisher, not with Warren Ellis, but with um, oh man, it is it Becky Cloonan who's writing it right now? I don't I don't remember who's writing it right now, but uh, he he was doing that right now too, and and so like that that impact of of Preacher kind of is a big part of I know the other comics that I read right now, right? The influence of, of him as an artist and, you know, his work with Warren Ellis, um, it is this big giant, or, you know, uh, I'm sorry, not Warren Ellis, uh, Garth
0: Ennis,
1: Garth Ennis. There we go. Uh, is, is this, you know, this big sort of, um, impact on, on comic book culture. And so, you know, uh, darwin cook passed away earlier this year too and so you've got like these two kind of like giants g- like big guys in, in in you know the art in the art community of comic books who who passed away and <clears throat> i knew like when i saw it and you know i had to go i, I like i had to text you right away because i know like we're in you know being over in japan you're not gonna you know we're like, like at two very different time zones of everything yeah, yeah. and so I'm like, dude, I got to send it to him. I got to let him know, uh, <laughs> you know, that this happened. Um, but it's, it's like another big loss for 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 comics. And it's kind of it's, you know, it was nice to see, like, you know, on Twitter, like I run our Twitter page and to see all of these artists and all these comic people and all these fans just like tweet stuff about it, you know, throughout the day. Um, it's just kind of like this, that, like you see, I mean, for all the stuff that uh, comic fans can be. Pretty shitty sometimes about yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, he's it, dead.
0: It's... Uh, fuck him and his artwork.
1: <laughs> right, and like there are do like there are douchebags like that out there. And uh, but but just see like this kind of like big show of support. Um, and you know this kind of like love for a, for a guy in the business was was kind of it was really. It's always kind of cool to see when that happens and kind of see, like, people showcase their, you know, their preacher fan art or whatever it is to kind of in, in you know, in remembrance of of uh, Steve Dillon's work is it's always kind of a cool thing to see, like, um, the positive of comic book culture on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come out because sometimes it can be pretty, it can be pretty nasty sometimes. But when something like that happens, you know, when when they kind of show up and go, Oh, you know, and they kind of show respect. And I guess uh, I just saw um, they're DC's doing like doing a, a tribute. DC, yeah, DC's doing a tribute in all their books. Um, and that's maybe they, they, they did a similar thing for, um, you know, for Darwin. And so that's, you know, that's kind of like that's a nice big tip of the hat, which is always really cool. So, so I know that I'm gonna have to like uh, I'm gonna have to make sure I pick up uh, an issue. So I've got that in there, you know.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's it's just one of those things where it's just so sad to see it too right now, especially since this Preacher series is is finally off and running. It, it would have been cool yeah. uh, to for him to be around to kind of see the evolution of that. And, you know, yeah. I mean, there's a possibility that this could get that kind of Walking Dead, maybe not Walking Dead m- momentum, but the idea that people outside the comic industry know who robert kirkman is now a little bit yeah you know? yeah um and you know uh, garth ennis and steve Dillon, you know they, i mean they're great storytellers and they they really i would love for them to get the credit outside comics as just these two giants in the industry of uh, yeah. storytelling and so yeah it was sad yeah. to see him pass and I, I picked up some of my old hellblazer runs uh that he was on and i was looking th- looking through it and i was like god damn this guy's good like you will be missed yeah, sir. Yeah. you will be missed yeah on to lighter fare
1: yes yeah on to lighter fare actually it might not it might not be any lighter uh we talked very briefly before we started recording and so what i wanted to i wanted to talk about uh luke cage came out i know that like he, the weirdest thing and let's like these netflix series like everybody watches them within like a weekend and so i i will freely admit it, we are past the boat on this one because it's been out for a little bit and you and i you know we may just a very episode in there, and, and and we didn't talk about it uh, when we did like a regular comic book podcast. So um, I think maybe we did really quickly. I think we might have mentioned it, but um, it came out. I watched it. I watched the whole thing. Uh, but before I talk, I want to like you had mentioned something. So I want to I want to hear from you. Uh,
0: you didn't finish it, right? I did not finish it. I think I got to episode. How many episodes were there in this series? Like twelve. Yeah. Every. Everyone has 13. It's like this dumb
1: number oh, that Netflix okay. uses for all these I shows. got
0: I got to about 6. Uh yeah. I think 6 or 7. Um uh you know I, I kind of had listened to some uh podcasts and interviews so I kind of know what happens. I hadn't got can we do are we going to do like spoilers?
1: Oh yeah. So okay. just so let's the spoiler running right now. Uh hit the fast forward button a couple times. <laughs> we're yeah, going to yeah, talk about gonna, Luke Tate if you haven't seen it yet, Yeah, but, hit about yeah. 2
0: minutes, 3 minutes fast forward. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I got I had I didn't I haven't gotten to the part where uh, 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 Copperhead uh, dies or is defeated or whatever happens to him. Oh, so I, I didn't you make mean, it that I, far yet. Uh, and Diamondback I, or di- uh, the first guy Cottonmouth? Sorry, Cottonmouth. sorry. Yeah. I say Copperhead. You said Copperhead. You're mixing oh, up your snakes. I meant, I meant, <laughs> I meant
1: garden snake. The garden snake. Um, Garter. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I I didn't get to that part. And here's the thing: I was enjoying it when I watched it, but it was one of those shows I started watching. And I found myself getting up off the couch to do other things, iron, grade papers, whatever it is. And so yeah. I never fully focused on it. Uh yet it never it never grabbed me and forced me to focus on it. You know, uh it yeah. was it, it I I thought the acting was great, uh I thought the music was was awesome. I thought it was shot really well. I just didn't find the the acting was good. I just didn't find the, the story of Luke Cage very compelling um, enough to, to – for me to be like, oh, I really care about this character and, and what happens. Uh, and nor did I find that there was anything that I didn't expect. Like when I get to, uh, for example, Jessica Jones, I went into that knowing nothing about Jessica Jones and being somehow at the end of every, at the end of every episode wanting to watch the next – and I feel yeah. like that that purple man that that acting and what he was bringing to that character was something new I hadn't seen before uh, yeah. in the film versions, for lack of a better term, of comic books. So I was like, all yeah. right, let me watch this. And I didn't really see anything that I hadn't seen before. Uh, and even though I haven't finished the series, I could I, in my head, I I I just know I know how it goes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, if that makes sense. So I, it wasn't it wasn't awful. I it wasn't like I disliked it. It's just man it's in 2016 there's a lot of great shows and not a lot of time to watch them all so uh if I give you 6 episodes I feel like that's more than enough uh for you to hook me into the next half and it just didn't happen with this one.
1: Do you think do you think so let me ask you this um do you think that if it came out weekly you may have stuck you may have stayed with it but um, the commitment to but the commitment to
0: binge it is just too hard no I, I know that's been an issue people have been talking about that lately um about this netflix model i actually prefer it um i have because i like i said there's so much out there like yeah. i just started watching this a robot and then I, I got like three episodes into that and then westworld came out and i'm like Ooh, I wanna oh i want to watch this and so <laughs> i it, it, it i i I don't always have a consistent week where I can sit down and watch those that weekly episodes, but yeah. I will have like a day or two downtime every couple of weeks where I can binge something, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So it works well with my my lifestyle, but I but I can see a lot of people getting frustrated with the um fatigue.
1: Yeah, you know what? We we finished the whole thing, but after after Cottonmouth dies, I, he was such a good character and such like a good, bad guy. You know what I mean? Like they, they play him out to be this sort of, you know, at first he's very kind of like one sided, but then you start to get to see sort of like the, the, you know, the, the kind of background behind him. Uh, and then when, like when he dies, there's this big compelling piece of, of, the show gone. Um, and I just didn't think, I didn't think Diamondback was a a very good villain after that. Mm -hmm. Um, so they bring him on. And, and But otherwise, you know, I would say out of the out of the series thus far, I think Luke Cage was was had probably one of the better casts, like a really good cast of people, mm-hmm. uh, like great actors. But there was just something of, there was just like the story of Luke Cage wasn't very exciting and it seemed he seemed the most street level of all the street level you know what i'm saying yeah like if, if you look at the characters like uh you know you've got daredevil you, you've got jessica jones right now and you've got you know luke cage luke cage really was just like helping out in the community you know like get my get my guitar back and stuff like
0: that yeah, it's like, like, like his meteor one- man or something <laughs> yeah.
1: and it it was it was just it just seemed like um the threat wasn't big. Like at times, the threat seemed big, and then it went it went away. It went like petty crime. The stakes you know? weren't
0: high enough as they were in Jessica Jones for sure. You know, yeah. And then also in uh, what we saw in, in Daredevil. I mean, you didn't ha- take Daredevil season two. What came out before this? I mean, you had some really intense scenes uh, with the Punisher and Daredevil, where you you get to really uh, sink into some meaty dialogue and. Um, See two people with different perspectives really trying to hash things out, and I'm not saying, and I and I'm not saying that that Luke Cage has to be dark and gritty like some of the other ones. No, are. no. I liked, I kind of liked the the lightheartedness that kind it was of, a
1: little. I mean, even the even the cinematography was lighter, right? Like stuff happened during the day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I um, recently watched The Get Down, which happens. It's a Netflix series that happens about like yeah. Grandmaster Flash. It happens around yeah. the boroughs in New York, and I enjoyed that much more as like you know the New York of it, and also that was pretty kind of campy and lighthearted and uh, and that that got me to the end of the series. And it was also only like eight episodes, so yeah.
1: I just you know I just think like thirteen episodes. There's this part in the middle of Luke Cage where it just gets it slows it's like slows down too much. It like it, and so like it really. There's a couple episodes in the middle where you're like, oh man, like let's let's go. And the same thing happened in Jessica Jones. The same
0: thing happened in Daredevil. There's always a couple episodes where you're like, do we really need this episode? Yeah, it's we just it, you know it. the same thing is happening. <laughs> like I know the rule of threes, but the rule of like eights. Are you following <laughs> like the rule of eights? Why is this thing yeah, happening yeah. eight times over and over again? Yeah,
1: uh, but you know, uh, the, you're right. The actors were great the mute the soundtrack was fantastic in fact i've been listening to it on like repeat uh on spotify uh i'm just about to pre-order the vinyl there's a vinyl pre-order oh, of it
0: nice that would be actually pretty sweet to have
1: <laughs> yeah and uh but you know I, I like the dude who played luke cage was good he, he looks like luke cage you know what i mean like he, uh-huh. he fit that role really well i just don't i think that you're right there just didn't seem to be uh
0: the stakes were there and then they weren't there you know what i mean like yeah it it, it, it the, the story was vanilla and not for lack of grit i don't need that but just for lack of creative engaging storytelling yeah it, but
1: but you know i i think out of all the, i think out of all the series it was probably the weakest one so far but surprisingly you know with the great actors they had in it you know, there was just there was just something that was a little off about it. Um, but, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing them all come together for defenders. I, I want to see Luke Cage bounce off of Jessica Jones again. You know what I mean? I want to see that interplay. I want to see the interplay with uh, like I want to see Daredevil and that whole sort of I want to see their dynamic. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, because they're all they're very they're three very different characters. Right. Like Daredevil is totally in to being a hero. Right. Like that's what he wants to do. You know, he's he's trying to save his city. You know what I mean? It's a very, like, Batman sort of thing. Jessica Jones doesn't really want to be a hero. She was just protecting the world. She was just trying to protect everybody from the Purple Man. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, she doesn't really want to go save anybody. I mean, I mean she does the, she's a private eye, but, uh, and then you got Luke Cage, who doesn't really want to be a hero, but then he finds out, like, oh, no, like, I, I do want to do this. But he's kind of reluctant about it, and he's, you know, he doesn't wear a mask, You know you know, like, yeah, yeah. everybody knows. Everybody knows Luke Cage is bulletproof, and that that dynamic is kind of cool. That you're going to have a guy with like a secret identity, you know, with with Matt Murdoch, and then you're going to have Luke Cage. He's like, yeah, everybody knows I'm Luke Cage.
0: You can't kill me. <laughs> and Jessica Jones too. <laughs> Everyone knows who she is, but no one gives a shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, but, I, I, I will, but, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. You go ahead. I was going to say I, I did have some remorse. I did. I was conflicted stopping watching this series because at one point I'd kind of stopped, and then a couple days in I'd watch it, and I'm like, I don't. I don't want to do this anymore, and I and I felt bad about it because I want to support you know what Netflix is doing. I think they're doing a really great thing, and I, I, I you know we do this comic podcast, and I know we 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 talk about these things, so I gotta stay informed. But I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore, and I felt bad about myself. I was like, ah. I think I'm getting to the point where there's so much saturation with comic book media that I'm like. Uh-huh. Let me instead of watching Luke Cage, I should just go and read some comics, you know, you, you know, you uh, read could, more, you could go read some comic books. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: speaking of reading more comic books, speaking of reading more comics, let's let's switch gear. Uh, we've started to get in a couple episodes. ago, I guess it'd be more than a couple episodes ago, but a couple variant episodes ago. That sounds better. Yeah. Uh, we the did beginning a
0: of uh, August, like the middle of August.
1: Yeah, we, we did a Kickstarter episode. Uh, go to the go to the um, go, to, go to the archives at uh, comicexposure.com. dot com. Go check out the Kickstarter variant episode. Uh, and we talked about like some books that we were, you know, we went and looked at Kickstarter comic books and said, you know what, we want to support indie comics. Let's talk about some of the things that are out there. And we went and uh, we, we kickstarted some stuff. And so that started to come in. We started to get some of those books in. Uh, so what's one that came in for you, Travis?
0: Uh, mine that came in uh, this week was The the Last Driver. Um, and that was – it was great to get that one because that's the one that was sent out from the U.K., you know? Yeah. And so it's great, yeah. like, getting, like, the London, you know, return address on there. I'm like, oh, nice. This is yeah. pretty sweet. And so I, I, I just started reading it because I just sat down and started reading it. Uh, and – uh, I'm liking it so far man. It's got this really exce- like just like fun. It's just like a fun yeah. grab so, a beer, yeah. take a half an hour, get through this book and just like laugh and then skim back through your favorite parts. It's going to be like Yeah, one it's of those. it's
1: Last Last Driver written by ICS Baker and illustrated by Shaky Kane. And uh, Shaky Kane is kind of like this l- sort of like I guess like legendary sort of like British <laughs> like artist guy. Um and you're right, dude. I'm, I haven't read it yet. I, I just got it yesterday, and I, I've been kind of like flipping through it before I read it. And it's super. It, it's out there. I, it's very like. Uh, it reminds me of like a John Carpenter movie a little right, bit, like yeah, big, yeah. like Big Trouble in Little China. Exactly. Like exactly. A yeah. Giant pterodactyl. <laughs> you
0: know, with a giant pterodactyl. Yeah, it's very in Jack it. like. Yeah. The colors yeah. are amazing in that too. Like, I just, yeah, the colors this do look pop, really good. Man. They, they, whoever printed that did a really good job of getting those colors right. What did you what else did you get? Cuz you got a couple books.
1: Uh so I did so so far uh right now uh when we kickstarted. I kickstarted uh Last Driver. Uh we you and I both kicked uh b- both kickstarted um Killem okay. All, uh which isn't out which isn't out yet, but I think we've got about a week or so before it ships because I just saw it on I just saw the thing on Twitter. Uh but I kickstarted like a collection of books from uh Kilgore books. So Kilgore is like this independent comic and bookstore, and they started doing uh, a couple years ago, they started like printing um they do like magazine comics and i like the it's just it's like no spine it's just folded and printed but it's kind of like a a card dot cover uh and i kick-started a collection there their um their like fall books and so they do a fall line of books and a spring line of books and so i kick-started the fall line of books uh and the reason and, and so i got a couple things i got uh one of them was from last year it's a book by box brown uh and we did the andre the giant book uh mm-hmm. that he did and so he did one and it looks, it's called Power Man. And Power Man looks a little like Donald Trump. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so it, it, you know, there's that one. Uh, there's one that I read called My Hot Date, and it's by uh, Noah Van Skyver. And Noah Van Skyver writes about it's like a real life story of him when he was a kid in Mesa, Arizona. Uh, oh, nice. <laughs> and it's sort of this story about, it, like, he's a 90s kid. Uh, and so like he, is about the same age that you and I are. And so, uh, there's a story about like how he was a poser kid, you know, like how he would skateboard or at least like pretend to skateboard. And there's like pictures of him with like a shorties t-shirt on. I'm like, Oh God. <laughs> and like a chain wallet. And he's talking about like everything with, with him. And he has, remember those necklaces, like the ball necklaces? Oh yeah. Like the steel
0: balls that like yeah, yeah the chokers.
1: <laughs> yeah. And he's like, he's talking about, uh, you know, he's this little thing and he's got, he's wearing that. And he grew up and, like, he would drive out to Apache Junction to, like, where one of his friends lived or something like that. And it's funny because, like, I grew up in that time period, right? Um, but I didn't grow up in Mesa, but now I live there. <laughs> and so it's, it was kind of like this amalgam of stuff.
0: Like, oh, I know what he's talking about because I live in Arizona. This would have been the- me if I lived in Arizona.
1: Yeah, but like I know even more because like I like there's a picture on the back that's like a straight up real picture of him and his him and his friend, and I'm like, oh shit, that looks exactly like you, <laughs> you could find that same picture of me and my friends. The one um, arm
0: around the shoulder, trying to look badass in your uh, jinko like, shorts. They both have
1: they both have like cargo. They both have like cargo like jeans or like cargo shorts on, and like skate shoes, and they both have. A skateboard and like w- neither of them are looking at the camera <laughs> yes yep it's a it's I I real kinda, couple of those too yeah uh and then a couple other books came in there i haven't read through, through the others yet it's like a, there's a you know a true story about the first woman who went over the niagara falls in a barrel um and that's by uh Liz, emmy guinness and then there's a book called what happened by uh, simon merton and and morton and that's kind of like a a real sparse looking um comic there's like no there's barely any words in it it's like very very simple drawings i mean this is these are straight up indie comics and i always kind of love finding these things because i go to cons and i look for these but they don't show up at phoenix comic-con though that's that's kind of our kickstarter run i'm kind of looking forward to see getting uh, get and kill em all and i think i've got one other book that that i'm that i'm kind of waiting for to come into so um i'm always ex- i'm always excited to get comic books from different places nice, <laughs> it's, nice. All, it's always cool
0: nice. yeah so we so, actually have our our guest is uh yeah, uh, uh, on today uh, is is has a Kickstarter project coming up, so we ha- we're we're about to kick it to this interview that I did with Valentin Ramon, uh, and Valentin Ramon is the artist on some IDW titles you might be aware of, uh, Dave or D4VE2 uh, and uh, Hot Damn, um, and so he this this is a guy who works out of uh, Spain. Uh, in Barcelona, and I I hadn't read Dave until I'd set up the interview, and I sat down last night, and I read like three episodes in, and I can't wait to be done today, so I'm gonna go finish off uh, Dave too because it is, I'm telling you, Josh, this book is like right up your alley. It's got robots, <laughs> I I... it's got like monsters, it's got I really... dad, dad nope. issues, okay. it's this guy trying to struggle <laughs> to be like a dad, uh, I mean, robot trying to struggle to be a dad, and just like absurdity and heart ex- uh, exudes like in the art that Valentine's doing and then in the the uh storytelling that Ryan I believe it's uh Ferrier Ryan Farrier is doing for those books. So we had a uh, uh Valentine uh came on and we talked a little bit about those books. We talked a little bit about coming up in the um comic book industry and we talked about his new um project sleep inertia pilots uh and that's going to be dropping on
1: something that sounds like i just the name alone like yeah i'll get
0: that it sounds like (laughs) uh uh what is it androids dream of electric sheep yeah it it sounds like uh it sounds like a like
1: mid to late 90s emo band yeah (laughs) i'm in i'm in the jane Jane lynch genesis yeah yeah (laughs) all right let's let's toss it to the interview and here is the interview hold on to your butts it's a comic exposure interview
0: okay welcome to another comic exposure interview uh i'm travis Ratz, and i'm here today with valentine Ramiro. uh he's an artist on books like d4 ve2 uh hot damn missing uh, as well as a bunch of other projects that i'm sure will be brought up today uh, and he's, he's here today to basically shoot the shit about comics and talk about some of his upcoming projects he has coming up. So, uh, uh, hola, Valentin. <laughs> hola, Travis. Yeah, Valentin is, uh, is, uh, across the, the seas here. He's in Spain right now. Where in Spain, Valentin?
2: Uh, Barcelona.
0: Oh, nice, nice, nice. I oh wish... yeah,
2: it's a wonderful city.
0: I spent uh, a, f- a few weeks in Barcelona when I was in my early twenties. When I was backpacking around, uh, uh-huh. they don't they don't like it when you sleep on the beach there.
2: Uh no, not really. Yeah, mm-hmm. But mostly because they really they want to take care obviously about the um, the beach because it's a really touristic place and for the people that is living here, and they have the idea that you know if people is going to sleep on the beach, it's going to become messy, dirty. So they really don't like them. Yeah, just, yeah I know. I got yeah.
0: kicked off a couple of times. So like, I can't afford a hotel. <laughs> They're like, you can go sleep, sleep in a phone booth. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, Valentine, you know, welcome to Comic Exposure. Uh, it, it, you know, I'm really glad uh, 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 another friend of the show, uh, uh, Frank Mueller. Uh, uh, hooked us up, and uh, I've uh, you know I, I'm glad he did not only for this interview, but I've been going through some of your work um, on your books uh, the last two days, and just I'm I'm quickly falling in love with all this series you're you're on. I mean, you have a really good taste in projects. And uh, the first question we always ask anyone who comes on our show is a simple question: uh, What was your first exposure to comics?
2: Uh, with first exposure, you mean first time that I read a comic? Or yeah, first the time fir- that- yeah,
0: the first time. Like, what, what what brought you into comics? What What was the first comic you read? Who gave it to you? How did you come about it?
2: Yeah, I guess it's like you know, like for everyone else. I mean, when I was a child, and um, first thing that I first comic that I was reading was the Marvel one. You know, like almost everyone on the planet, and I became a big fan of uh, X Men. And, uh, yeah, when I was, I don't know, um, let's say 12, 13, I really started to get uh, into it. I have a friend, a really good friend, and he passed me the one of the X-Men that they were publishing here in in Spain. And I just fell in love uh, with them, with them, and after with, with comic books in, in general. So, and since then, I've been reading, yeah. Love Affair books. started, yeah. Was that in the 90s? um no i think it's uh, the thing is that i'm, I'm a quiet old person i mean now i'm uh 46 year old so mm-hmm. it's like i'm old person you, you can say so this was the let me see say so the 80s uh 80 something you know yeah those before the, yeah that
0: that that x-men run there that was like the claremont x-men that was a great time yeah, to get like, into the x-men yeah, books yeah yeah, yeah. It's, I always love comics because it is one of those things where uh, we talk to a lot of people about their um, uh, comic book origins, so to speak. And a lot of times it starts with what, what you said. A friend of mine handed me a comic book. Uh, yeah. And then it just – your whole life goes in a different direction, you know? Um, uh-huh. So when – before you were given the comic uh, – were you into art? Were you were you doodling as a kid? Were you drawing? Were you taking art classes?
2: Yeah. Uh, no, I was, you know, since I was a, ch- a child, you know, I was always in class and I had my pencil and the teacher was talking and I was not listening at all and I was making small drawings on the corners of the notebook, in the books. And yeah, I think I've been, since really early age, uh, drawing or trying to draw, Yeah and but I don't know I think it was I never really took uh, took it really seriously until I was something like uh, I think it was on, on my 20s when I thought oh, you know what I really want to make comics so then I started in a art school for three years right. and you can say it was the first time that I took it like okay I'm going to take this like sort of seriously but before you know like any child you have a piece of paper a pencil and what you're going to do, draw.
0: Right, yeah. Well, you were probably one of those kids that annoyed me where I'd be doodling my stick figures and I look over and you have like a masterpiece and you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> it just it
2: took me five
0: minutes and like all of a sudden I just had to rip mine up and go cry in the corner.
2: You, you, know, the, you know the thing, the, oh, the funny thing. I mean, oh, first of all, I, I don't consider myself still a, a good illustrator. I think it's going to take me a couple of years to become something... You know, what I consider a professional one, a, a real good illustrator. But when I was a kid, and for years, when I was a teenager, uh, even when I was on, on school, on the art school, I have what you were saying that you, you were feeling before. I mean, I felt always that I was the guy that drew worst. You know, I was making my thingies. And everyone around, they were making beautiful things. And I have this feeling my whole life, and I, I still now have it. Yeah, that people is making beautiful things all around. My friends they are making, drawing comic books, and they are doing really beautiful things. I'm still thinking like, of feeling that, fuck, man, is is not enough what you are doing. And so no, I, you know, I was the poor guy on the corner with the glasses, and yeah, I was thinking, fuck, I'm going to keep. <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm swearing a lot. I'm no, not yeah, fact. you can
0: say fuck, shit, tits, whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> I've read I've read your work. I know how your mind works. <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs>
2: so that's good. Yeah. yeah. So yep. yeah, I, I was this always the uh, the worst illustrator. Or, um, it's, you know,
0: it's weird how we like we 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 find our passions uh, and we pursue them, and then it's. I mean, there are some people who walk around and they know what they want to do and they have confidence about it, and it, they ex- uh-huh. they just you're just like, wow, that person really is confident in their skills. But I think for the most of us. We, we pick a passion, and then we always feel like we're faking it, you know? Yeah. And, then, and then 20 years go by of you faking it, and then you finally are like, I guess I can call myself an illustrator. I guess I can call myself a musician.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, I, I feel exactly like this. I'm still feeling somehow that, you know, I'm doing this, that you were saying this, faking it. And I'm still not really uh, feeling like a professional. I mean, it's been... Four or five years that the only thing that I'm doing is uh, drawing comics, and I'm still feeling like it's not really me. I mean, I don't know. I was going to ask you. Work. I
0: was going to ask you about that. You know, um how long have you been able to make a living just with comics? And you said about four or five years. Um, yeah. What was that a conscious choice? Did you did you did you have to sacrifice a lot and say, you know what, I can't do this? And pursue comics, so I just have to put all everything into comics. Or was it like a gradual? Like um, I picked up some projects, and now I'm getting paid, so I can slowly uh-huh. uh, move into the uh, move into the comic career. No,
2: yeah. The thing is that um, you can say that I knew always uh, that I was going to end up doing something in comic books because it's my passion; is what I really wanted to do. But the thing with me is that um, it's not that I'm lazy because um, I don't consider myself a lazy person. But um, I don't know. I always need someone or something to push me to do the things. And for years, I mean, I spent before to start to work in uh, in comics. Uh, you know, I was living in Spain. I moved to to London in UK, and I spent in UK like uh, fourteen years. So you can say that the first 10 years over there, the only thing I was doing was working in restaurants. Yeah, working as a waiter, after working as a manager. I I was still, you know, when I have a free time, drawing a little bit, but nothing serious. And until I didn't get fired from the restaurant I was working, I I, I didn't decide, okay, so now I need to do something else apart from restaurants. So I... It was the time that I started to really hard to try to do something with the comic books. So um, it was, you know, half hard. I always knew it was going to happen, but it took me really long time just because, uh, you know, I needed this thing with life. You know, suddenly you get fired, you need a job. So what you can do? Okay, I know how to draw. So okay, so let's try it. And yeah, and for years I tried, yeah, quite hard to to get where I am, that, you know, I can live with the, with the comics and so, yeah, so this.
0: To make it happen, yeah. Is there anything, looking back, looking back when you were a teenager or a kid or even in, in college or art school, is there anything that any of your, you know, I'm a teacher um, and so I always try to think about, you know, my students and the age they're at, and I'm always, I'm, I'm like, find, start finding passions, guys. Like, you, uh-huh. it's, it's time. You're old enough. You need to start trying lots of different things to you find something. Is there anything that some, someone could have said or done or, or, or shown you as an example that you think would have helped you get to the point where you're at sooner? Or do you think this is the course that was laid out in front? Is there any, is there anything that you wish you would have known? 15 years ago that you think you could have gotten to this point sooner?
2: No, not really, you know, because uh, I think I've been pretty lucky with, uh, you know, if you're talking about teachers, um, you know, everyone since the beginning, they saw that, you know, I could draw, so they were pushing and, you know, oh no, why you don't take a look to these books with the drawings? Why you don't copy these drawings? And I've been really lucky that the problem with me is, is just being myself, you know, that, it took me really long time to take decisions and I'm wasting a lot of time doing other stuff. But not even my my parents, they were really... You know, when I stopped studying and I decided, oh, listen, I want to, to go to art school and I want to draw comics. And at that time here in Spain, I mean, it was almost impossible uh, to to live just drawing comics. and My, my parents, they knew, but... They were really supportive, and it's like, no, this is what you want to do, so So it's what you really need to try to do. So I think I've been really lucky. If I'm going to have a second chance, another life, the thing that I need to sort out is uh, my character, you know, to take things in a different way, and when you want something, just to go for it, not to wait. There is nothing to wait. You like comics? Go for it. It is the only way. Pursue it, yeah. And so,
0: speaking of, of, you know, pursuing that dream, let's talk about, like, breaks, like, moments in your, uh, you know, um, career in comics where you felt that this is, this is big, this is it. I know, I know from, um, looking at some of your work that your partnership with Ryan, uh, 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 Ferrier, right?
2: Ferrier? Yeah. Yeah. Ferrier. Well, yeah. yeah, I say Ferrier, but you know I'm from Spain, so probably my pronunciation is not the right one. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs>
0: well, you probably are, are better than me. Is-
2: now, it was that was that when
0: you really started feeling like your career was taking off, or was was it yeah. projects before that?
2: Yeah, I think yeah, you are totally right. I think it, it was with Ryan uh, because before Ryan, I I did I did work with some uh, writers. I have some projects. But, you know, I, I really did enjoy it. I don't know. I was just drawing. The thing with Ryan, I was, and still I am, because I'm still working with it, and I I really consider myself a really lucky person. It's just, Ryan has two things. He's is, a, I think, he's a really good writer. He has really cool ideas. And the second thing is that he gave me all the liberty that I could take as illustrator. So it was like two things that First time that, you know, he contacted me, he had a, I think he posted an advert in one of these online forums looking for an illustrator to make a pitch. It was the, the Dave pitch. And, and yeah, when, when I read it, you know, uh, it's, it's a robot character and should be like this, nothing fancy, you know, really down to earth. And I drew Dave, and it, I don't know, it was... Love at the, uh, the first sight, you know. Everything was like fitting, and uh, yeah, I think it was the first time that I felt okay. From here, it might happen something because I really feel, I really felt uh, comfortable doing the work and working with Ryan. And yeah, I think it was the break point, you know, you, you can say, uh, for me to realize that okay, now it's, it, it may take time, but it's going to happen so i just need to keep working and just to be there no it does it does feel that way
0: um when i when i read when i re- i i've been going through the the dave issues the dave 2 issues I, and um one of the things i notice uh on this podcast my co-host and i josh we read a lot of uh, new work uh emerging artists established artists independent artists every everyone and one of the things you huh. you you find with independent artists um who, especially those who are working over distances, um, is sometimes it doesn't mesh very. It doesn't mesh the way it would. You have a great story and you have great art, but it's not the right art for that story. And immediately when you pick up Dave, when you pick up Hot Damn, you are like, wow. Is, is this a total creator-owned project because it feels like the writer is drawing it or vice versa, the, the yeah. artist is – I mean it seems like you guys are, are really just clicking on the same page. And when you look at Dave, I was wondering – and I think you hinted at it. He, he Did uh, Ryan pretty much give you um, – uh, let you create everything you want because you have to create a – an extraordinary amount of different robot characters in this book every page is a new robot yeah did you I, I, I... sorry I cut you off no no please uh, that was a question so what was it like working with Ryan on that book in particular uh, who who gave uh, did he give you a lot of Oh, I, w- I want it to look like this or
2: no the thing is what I was saying before he gave me Um, I don't know, it's been always um, sort of a connection. You know, I think Ryan is a really uh, empathic person, yeah? And even from the first emails we were uh, exchanging, I don't know, it was just uh, a connection. And he can read these kind of things even on the distance. Uh, We never talk on the Skype or on the phone, never, just through emails. And the thing is that, you know, in the way that he gave me all the, the freedom, I don't know, if, if, for example, if I was working with uh, someone else, he's going to tell me, look, there is a street and it's plenty of robots going around, yeah? And, you know, if I'm going to draw a couple of robots and after he's going to tell me, oh, no, you know what, they should look a, a bit different. All of them need to have clothes or all of them naked. or If he's going to give me instructions, in the end what I'm going to end up doing is just, all the robots are going to be exactly the same. The thing with Ryan is that, you know, first uh, on the first pages it was a I think it was a scene, there was a, a lot of robots, so I wanted to do them different. And he loved it. So in the way that he gave me this love somehow, I felt like okay so I'm going to every time that I'm going to make a robot is going to be different. And it's, it's more work. But you know it really doesn't feel like work. It's more like a, an act of love you can say. And this is one of the things, I don't know, I guess, the other people that is working with Ryan, probably they feel the, the same way because he's, um, he's really open to absolutely everything and I don't know, I've been working with him for the last two or three years and it's been only maybe two or three times that he asked me, oh, listen, do you mind to change this? Do you mind to do this in another way? it's been just a few times and it's absolutely incredible because working with other people you know every now and day every, every now and then sorry they're oh can you change this oh do you want to put this uh, like this Or oh, why you don't do and it's like fuck and it's really annoying me And will it never happened it's, it's fantastic well and and i mean, hope it's to like this yeah when you were talking about like
0: those uh you know the amount of Robots and the variety of robots you have to create. That's gotta be fun, right? It's gotta be like being a kid in like with your sketchbook. You know, you'd have like, you'd draw like a hundred robots and you just make them as crazy and absurd as possible. Well, now you get a place to put those robots and you know, you have an audience for those robots. And you uh-huh. have some really clever stuff in there. There's one I was just reading in issue two of Dave where one of the robots, they're out on a date. And the robot is dressed in, like, she's in her date attire, her clothes. And they're like hologram roses that are coming yeah, off this robot's, um, outfit. And I'm like, oh, that's brilliant. That is brilliant. Like, it's a brilliant design. It's just like, there are touches throughout your, your work where you, you just turn it. And there are things that I just, I just haven't seen before. And as someone who reads a lot of comics, um, it gets harder and harder to, to show me something that I haven't seen before, which is a uh-huh. big statement to say in comics because that's a great medium. It's a great um, uh, storytelling to, to tell creative ideas. But every time as I'm reading through Dave, I would turn the page and I'd be like, that's new. That's new. And you must – when you get Ryan's scripts, you must just read through them and be like, wow, things are getting weird. Uh-huh. Because he has very very weird out there stories. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. He, he really does. Yeah. So you, I know that's I know that's what you've been working on, but I know you have a a, a new a new project uh, uh-huh. that is uh, coming up. Um, and we, I know you sent me a few pages for, it and I love it. I absolutely loved it. Uh, the art that I saw. I mean, there's some things in there that people see. That there's this. Uh, amazing cat that you draw that I just can't wait to to figure out what this cat's deal is like it's smoking cigarettes it you know there are these like creepy brain monsters I mean there's a lot going on in this book. What is this uh, project and um uh, where is it coming from
2: uh well I'm, uh, honestly i don't know from where all the ideas come from um one of the things with me is that I don't know. I think every every year I have like a new idea. I invest a lot of time working on it and uh, you know developing the idea. But in the end, you know, I just left it on the side because I have the feeling that they are pretty much nothing. They are just ideas. They, they are not filled up with with nothing. The thing with this project, on this one, I've been working for the last two years. I don't know. And the thing what I like about the project is that. There is a really simple idea. Is you can say that is a love, well, you can say no is a love story, and the thing is a fiction. But there is a there is some personal stuff, uh, things that happened to me, or things that I I want to to say. So it, it, have, it really have a heart, you no? Know, like my other project, my personal project. Yeah, I was writing and, and drawing that in the end they were just drawing and the idea of this one um it comes no it comes from a lot of places uh, i guess is the need to say things that i don't know when uh, it was the moment to say these things i, I couldn't so um, i wanted to use this need to say something to create a fiction and to create a comic and I, I guess this is why this time it didn't happen like with other projects that I left them on the side and I've I been just keep going with it until then. I've been drawing yeah, for two years. I have uh, changing pages, doing it again, trying to make it like exactly in the way that how it, is in my, how it looks on my head. Mm. And it's really tough, honestly. I don't know how other people is doing it, but for me it's pretty, pretty tough. Yeah, well, so you can see that the idea it comes from my personal experience, and through it, so I develop a fiction.
0: So the the project we're talking about is called Sleep Inertia Pilot, and yeah. um, and sure. this what 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 struck me with what you were saying is because when you look at uh, some of the pages that you sent me of this Sleep Inertia uh, Pilot, uh, it's very the art it's it's very out there, you know. And you're saying it's a personal uh personal story, do you find uh-huh. that in order to tell something that's very personal uh you have to make the fiction surrounding it more um extreme or out there or weird yeah. is it is it easier yeah. to tell something very personal if the story does not resemble that on the outside
2: yeah, because for me how how I am as, as a person uh, it will be really hard, more than complicated, hard to, uh, you know, to open up myself and to say, you know, what I really want to say is this, this, and this. It will be really complicated, yeah? So uh, I'd rather to put layers of fiction on the top and to make it crazy, to, even to make it look silly, uh, but knowing that behind all these layers of silliness and craziness and uh, crazy design, there is something that is real and you're going to need to find it out. I mean, you're going to read the whole the whole book and you're going to say, oh, there is a fiction, yeah, maybe I like it, maybe I not. But the idea is that after reading it, you know, if you think about it, you're going to see what I'm talking about. It's a really, really simple thing. You know, it's a story about, yeah, it's a love story, so this is going to be simple to see. But yeah, it's, it's much easier for me to, you know, to put all these layers of uh, creativity on the top of the idea Than not to say straight. Okay, this is what I want to say. It will be really uh, hard for me. Yeah,
0: and I think that's I think that's what uh, good writers and storytellers do. I like the idea of starting with the heart and sincerity, and then building layers on top of it, as opposed to thinking of a really cool premise and then trying to to jam heart and genuineness and sincerity into it you know a lot of times when people pitch an idea they like the concept of the idea uh that's one way that's a that's a that's a good way to tell a story too but i like the idea of of starting with something personal to say and then building on it until it till the story isn't recognizable as your own but it still has those truths in it yeah very good so exactly. what? You, so this is the your the project is underway. Um, um. I know. So how is this going to get out there? How are How are you trying to get th- this particular project, um, sleep inertia pilot, out the, out to audiences?
2: <clears throat> yeah. What well, we are, uh, What we are doing is first of all is a Kickstarter campaign.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That starts – us uh, I think it's this Monday, the seventh. And yeah, first of all, to, well, to try to reach uh, everyone that is on hand, just to let them know that the project is over there and you know that they can buy it, you know, or, or they're in, in, in advance. So, and um, yeah, first of all, yeah, what we're working now really hard uh, is to make the Kickstarter happening and to try to make it a, a success, obviously. And after that, it depends how it goes. Um, probably, we I'm not really sure about it. I'm not really sure if... I mean, if the project is done and I got a publisher that they say, yeah, we like it the way it is, we don't want to change nothing, so I wouldn't mind to want to publish it. But, you know, the thing with the publishers sometimes, ah, oh, can you change this, or we are we are not sure about it. And it's, a, it's really a story that... Uh, I'm not going to be uh, willing to change even a bit, right. you know, even yeah. one. Uh, and I know that it will be panels or uh, some ideas that uh, are not, a mainstream publisher is not going to like. So um, I'd rather this, to try the Kickstarter, and after, you know, just to try to um, make more copies, publish it by myself. or Well, if I find a publisher that is willing not to change award so it will be cool so
0: so this <clears throat> so yeah we have a uh, josh and i we do um, a lot of kickstarters in fact i just got a kickstarter book in the mail today uh, the last driver and um you so if you're listening if you go to kickstarter because it will be up um if if it should be up by the time this is out on kickstarter uh and you search sleep inertia pilot um uh, that uh, uh, Valentine's book should come up or you can search I'm sure on there if you just um, uh, search Valentine Ramiro uh, on there you'll be taken to that particular project
2: uh, if if you type straight sleep in RC Pilot it's yeah. going to come out straight okay perfect perfect uh, 100% yeah you can type as well my name but with sleep in RC Pilot uh, sure it's going to come out it yeah. should yeah, and
0: and take a look, take a look, uh, at, take a look at the, the the art he has up there for it. It does really draw you in, and uh, for me, I, I I gotta based on these pages, I gotta I gotta know this story. Um, so I'm definitely gonna be on there, and I'm going to be uh, helping in any way I can. Um, cool. um, Valentine, is there is do you uh have any uh social media um? Um, contacts you want to put out there where people can reach you on Twitter or Facebook
2: or anything like that? Yeah, for example, I'm not a Twitter guy Mm because I don't have it and probably I'm not going to. But yeah, there is a, we open a Facebook page uh, with the same name, Sleep Inertia Pilot. It's really easy to to find. And we open it, uh, I don't know, one week ago and every day we are uh, uploading uh, new panels because I have a lot of Work already done. So, meanwhile the campaign is on. That is is one month. Every day we are going to upload uh, new new images. It is always going to be something new. So yeah, Facebook sleep inertia pilot, and everyone is is more than welcome.
0: Excellent. Well, I gotta tell you something, uh, Valentine. It's been a pleasure talking to you today.
2: We can keep talking for you know the whole day.
0: Yeah, I, I well, def- definitely, definitely as as the project progresses, um, uh, keep us informed because I, I want to talk again and 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 any. Um, I'm, gonna be, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be going through. I'm starting Hot Damn tonight, so um, I'm gonna be getting through that. Too. So you might get an email like, "What happened? What's going?" <laughs> but. Uh, um, yeah. yeah, really looking forward to it, and and I really wish you the best of luck with this book. Uh, and
2: thanks for being on the podcast. No, thank you to give me the chance. Um, I'm really grateful. Thank you very much.
0: And now back to our regularly scheduled program.
2: All right. Uh, so,
0: Travis, good interview, man. Good yeah, stuff. yeah, and I, I think uh, I'm going to go in. Uh, that's going to be out uh, this. With this drops, when this podcast drops, it will be out that Monday. Uh, so I'm going to go on Kickstarter and I'm going to uh, help any way I can get some donations, and I'll I'll put a link on our um, Twitter for those of you awesome. who want to yeah. do that, and we'll link it to uh, his Facebook page as well.
1: Awesome! I'm looking I'm looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to picking it up, dude. And I'm going to go back and get Dave because you know what I did, Travis? You know what I did? Yeah. What? Guess what I guess what I did i went digital comics man i did i did
0: dave on digital comics too
1: man it was great <laughs> i i've gone i've gone digital i just gotta i gotta my my pull box was getting low i had not added anything to it in a while a couple of the series that i had in it had stopped you know they're they're like winding down so i gotta go close my pull box because it's way far, far away now from where i work uh and I'm just digital has made my life so much easier what about you? your trades are you gonna do your the comics digital still oh, say, no i i trades still come in paper trades good, me are too. in paper me too. uh because i want to i want to hold them i like to smell them uh but if i like if i want to check out a series um i like to do I, I can do it digital much easier there's a couple you know there's a couple um you know comic books that just don't come out in paper i mean we read remember, we did all my ghost uh and that was a fun book that you know a good book but it was all coming out digitally and a lot of those
0: ghosts sorry there we go
1: uh, a lot of those companies like Alternate Comics does a couple books that are only digital until they go out and trade. And I like I'm like, well, I want to check it out. I want to see what it looks like. And so I decided uh Comicsology and I are, are gonna have to be friends. Uh it's made my life a lot easier. I don't have to drive on a Wednesday, and I can go, oh, you know what? Uh, I missed issue one of that. I don't have to hunt for it. It's there. I can yeah, read it. And I was like reading so, Dave
0: like a dollar ninety nine issue, man. And there's something about I, I like I read it on my iPad and, it's instant gratification, man. Yeah, it's instant gratification. I don't look at like how far into the comic I am, so I yeah. really, I really get a sense of if, of if a comic is paced well or not. Because you know, sometimes you you get through and you're like, oh my god, this is a slog. How many pages yeah. is this? Twenty yeah. pages? Good lord! Other times <laughs> you're like, wow, that went by real quick. Like that was a really intense book. Yeah. Yeah. All right, All right, dude. right man. So, that's, that's that's our
1: variant this week. That's our variant issue. Next week, guys. Uh, we had to postpone our issue, or our episode on uh, Dark, the Dark and Bloody, by Sean Aldridge and Scotty Godleski. It's and a blue so next, get your flu yeah, shots. I know. So uh, we've got Freddie Pignon. My man Freddie is coming back next week uh, if he can get over his cough.
0: i miss And he's gonna do.
1: He's gonna do the, uh, gonna do the dark. <laughs> He's going to do the dark and bloody with this. I'm looking forward to talking about it. Uh two guests we've had on the show before, the both of the creators of that of that uh book. We had Scott on when he was doing Copperhead, uh and we had Sean on uh right when I think the last issue of uh, the last issue had just come out and they were they were, you know, the trade was about a month away or so uh for this one. So, I'm looking forward to Talking with you guys. So next next week, tune in for that one. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Comic Exposure. Uh, all of our episodes are up uh, dot You can go check out all the old episodes. We've got so many books that we've talked about. Uh, go back and listen to our archive stuff. Maybe you want to know. Uh, you should I go read something? You've been thinking about reading something. Go back and see if we've ch- if we've checked it out. If we've read it, uh, see what we think about it. Oh, you know, we we, there's a little bit of spoiling in there, but um, most of the stuff that we put up that we do for a show, we're pretty we're pretty happy that we picked it to read it. Um, So we've got a couple other books we're doing. We've got Dark and Bloody. We've got uh, Prez. We're going to do this is in no order. Uh, Sheriff of Babylon. Prez and Huck are the next three books after the Dark and Bloody. So if you haven't checked any of those out, go check them out. Uh, Sheriff of Babylon just wrapped up its issue twelve, uh, so the second trade is out soon. But we're reading the first trade of that. Huck is a standalone from Image Comics. Go pick up that. That's that's. Uh, I've heard good things about it. We'll see if uh, if they hold up when we read it. Uh, I read
2: it. Oh, uh,
1: I'm reading. I'm just almost done with Prez right now, uh, and so uh, I haven't read that. <laughs> And so that that uh, these will be some good books to talk about. So go check them out. Prez is standalone. Huck is standalone. And from what I know, Sheriff of Babylon. Uh, these first two trades are essentially the first season. If you will of this comic, and I kind of like the idea that they're calling it a season, so go check that out. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. Uh, do us a favor, give us a little a little nudge on the iTunes. Rate us. Uh, tell your friends about the podcast. If you like comics too, uh, share it with your buddies. Uh, tell them at the shop that they should they should check out our show. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of Travis and myself, we'll see you next trade.